Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. This morning we want to concentrate on 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 41. The Bible says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, I Hear... The rain coming. Pray with me. God, thank you for faith. God, thank you for hope. Thank you for momentum, God. Thank you for purpose. Thank you for this time that we have together in this place, God. And I ask you now to anoint my mouth and my mind to say things that would honor you, that would be sound doctrine, God. Increase our faith is my prayer. Teach us what you would have us to know, please, sir, by your spirit, from your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. I hear the rain coming. We are going through some amazing things right now. Uh, My life personally, the church, uh, the world, uh, there's some cool stuff happening. Uh, We used to sing songs in the old church um, that that, that said, uh, part of the song said something like this. While on others thou art calling, what? Do not pass me. Listen, God's doing cool stuff for a whole lot of people. If he's not doing cool stuff for you, you need to get under the spout where the glory comes out and let God rain down something great on you. I wish somebody would say amen. But I really do. I sense this. Now, I preached this message, a similar message out of this passage uh, in 2007 when some huge things were happening in my life. Uh, Gail had just died the year before. Big things were going on. God was opening up some stuff, and I really, I really began to stir uh, and 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 to see some things and to see momentum building. There's some people that are excited about what God's doing in their life, but they can't be excited for you. You got to be excited for yourself. You've got to decide. That's why some people will leave here today thinking, "Man, I really heard from God today." That, that, was, that was a good message for me. And other people leave, eh, it was all right. It was long. And it would be the only thing they remember out of it. But I, I, I'm going to say the same stuff. Everybody is going to hear in their ears the same words, but everybody's not going to hear 
with this the same stuff. So I'm going to say what I say. You get to hear, listen, what you want to hear. As much as you're willing to hear, you get to have ears that can hear what the Spirit says, or you can just hear me be funny and teach a little bit and go on about your business. But I can promise you this. I hear the sound of rain coming. Y'all know my pattern is typically teach out of a more current, uh, newer translation. But there are passages that I've been reading. When I, when I first got saved, first started going to Bible college, uh, there, there was not all these other abundance of translations to read. And there are certain stories to me that the wording is so specific that I'll, I'll sometimes go back to the King James Version, even though sometimes it's, it, it's, it's wordy. But if you ever tried, if you're old school, if you ever memorized the 23rd Psalm, what's the first few words out of the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is, I shall not. You only get that in the King James Version. Try, try. I, man, I messed around, grabbed the wrong Bible one time. I went to do the graveside service after the funeral, and I looked in there, and I started reading it, but I'm, trying, I'm, I'm thinking it in my mind, right? I hold it there just, just in case, you know, I have a senior moment. And, and I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, well, that's not comforting at all. <laughs> so I just quoted it out of memory because, listen, if, if it's never been precious to you from years ago, you can hear it in any verbiage. But sometimes I just like to hear it the way I heard it. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? So, you know, we're going to deal with this King James Version here uh, today. Uh, if you're wondering, you know, what happened to the, to, to the, the current English? Uh, you, I'm going to help you get through it. But we live in the state of Florida. Some of y'all are mad about that. I see y'all on your social media hating this. The, it's so hot. Oh, I know. 80-degree days are just torturous, aren't they? Uh, when's the season going to change? You don't remember a month ago it was 99 degrees and your face was melting? <laughs> I'm just ready for it to be cold. Move back to Minnesota. <laughs> Philly. Connect to Kit. <laughs> Washington State. All y'all in the house. Uh, uh, I told my kids today, man. These, these cold weather people, they're going to be loved. We're going to have San Diego weather next week, 55 to 75, and, and people are still going to say, I just, I don't understand the weather here. It's November. Uh, November's fall, not winter. Hallelujah. <laughs> Keep y'all right. But in Florida, we, we call ourselves the sunshine which is hilarious because it rains all the time. I think, I think whoever put that together is like, because when I was a kid growing up on the west side of Jacksonville, every day it would rain. Ain't that right, Jason? Every day, sometime between 3 and 3.30, it didn't it rain, Jimmy, every day. I mean, our whole childhood, if you could set a clock, you didn't even have to know what time it was. You get home from school, you gather everybody at the park and start playing, here comes the rain. For about nine minutes. <laughs> then it just be, you know, just go, go right back to it. But the sunshine state. But even in the sunshine state, it rains a lot. Now, y'all know if you've been around for a while that we talk about how Jesus had a very unique teaching style that many theologians have dubbed first natural, then spiritual. He spoke to farmers in agricultural terms to get them to understand spiritual truth. He spoke to fishermen in fishing terms to get them to understand spiritual truth 
And so a lot of the Bible speaks to us in natural terminology to help us to understand spiritual truth. And, and Nicodemus couldn't make that leap. Y'all remember in John chapter 3, Jesus was telling him, you got to be born again. And he's like, do I go back in my mom's womb? You know, I'm old now, so I don't think she can handle that. Uh, I'm grown. And he's like, man, you, if, if you can't get it in the natural, you're never going to understand it in the spiritual. So we're going to be looking first natural, then spiritual. Say natural. In, in, in the Bible, rain is often symbolic of God's blessing. Rain is often symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we sing songs uh, about the rain, asking God to let his spirit fall on us, to rain down on us. But I wonder this morning, uh, do you want God to rain down on you? Now, I've had this premise in my mind for a long time. I've shared it with the staff, and um, I, just, I, I just believe that our God is loving, gracious, forgiving, merciful. And I believe it's the utter grace of God that causes God not to really sit down strong on congregations in the United States. This is why we're not seeing people raised from the dead in the United States. We're not seeing the miraculous things happen in the United States that we have testimonies of around the world. Um, I, I believe this because when God sits down on a group of people, he likens it scripturally to the fire coming down like on an altar, and we're going to look at fire coming down on the altar in a minute. Well, when fire falls on meat on an altar, do you know what's the first thing that gets burnt up? The fat. The fat. Go ahead and lay you a steak up on that grill and, and watch which part gets burnt up first. It'll be the fat. Well, the fat represents carnality. The, the fat represents that part that is not useful. And my premise is this. Most churches in America are filled with so much carnality. If God fell down on them, he'd burn the whole place up. Oh, no, not you. I mean, you're on the, you're on the good side. You're, you're on the inside of that T-bone steak. You're, 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 on the, you're, you're the strip. I get you. But we've got to understand that there are some people that really don't want God's presence in their life. We sing songs, his presence is better than heaven. Well, some people don't want to be in God's presence. You know why? Because you can't take that foolishness into God's presence. Some of y'all raised by good parents. You couldn't take those dirty hands to mama's table. You couldn't show up. In, you couldn't walk in mom's house with mud on your shoes. You, got, you had to, listen, we used to have garden hoses. I don't even know if houses have garden hoses anymore. We all got in-ground sprinkler systems and pay people to wash cars. And uh, we, Everybody had a garden hose at their front door when I was a kid. They had to clean those feet off before they came in the house. Well, we got a lot of people sitting in churches today with dirty hands, dirty feet, filled up on fat, and they really don't want to be in the presence of God because they know they would have to make adjustments. So my question to you right off the bat this morning is, would you be willing to make an adjustment in your life, in your morality, in, in, in your habits, in your actions, in your words, in your thoughts? Would you be willing to make an adjustment in your lifestyle if it meant that you could bring the presence of God closer to you? Some of y'all, yes. Some of y'all are asleep already. It ain't even, it ain't, we ain't been at it long enough to go to sleep. Wake up. So some people want it, some people don't. We're going to find out who wants God's presence in a real way. The Bible's got a lot to say about the rain, significance of rain, metaphors, analogies, types. Uh, the Bible talks about two specific rains 
though, that I, that I want you to hear this morning. The former rain and the latter rain. Say former. former. Say latter. The former rain and the latter rain. Now, this is agricultural stuff. Uh, I preached messages on the former and the latter rain before. In agricultural communities, they understood the former rain and the latter rain. The former rain comes when you first prepare the crops. You got to have, you just can't plant stuff on hard, packed, dry, uh, rock hard dirt. You need rain before something grows. And the latter rain comes after it's already been planted, after it's already alive, after it's already growing. The latter rain of refreshing comes so that that crop can flourish to its best potential. Now, the Bible likens this to our lives as believers. When you first get saved, the, the Bible says that no one can come to God unless his spirit draws them. So this, it, 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 we're, all, we're all baptized, the Bible says, into one body, one faith, one spirit. We get, that former reign is when God rains his spirit down on you and draws you to salvation. Because if you're saved at all, it wasn't because you made a great intellectual decision to follow God. It's because he tracked you down when you were running from him. And he poured his love out on you in such a way you just had to say, yes, Lord. Or my buddy would say, yes, Lord. And, and that's the former rain. I hope you've had the former rain. If you haven't had the former rain, you need real salvation. If you can't remember how you got saved, you didn't get rained on. If, 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 you, if, if you haven't had the former rain, it's available to you. But that's, that's the first part of what happens is our salvation. Now, some people fraudulently teach that, you know, the, the, the latter rain is when you receive the Holy Spirit. But the book of Romans plainly tells us that if any man has not the Spirit, he's none of his. Okay, you get the Holy Ghost when you get saved. But there is some latter rain that is necessary. We need, the Bible says, to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a continual text verb. This, this is something that should be happening consistently on a regular basis. It's like filling your gas tank. Some, I, I've had people tell me, Pastor, I got saved in 1978. And, and, and then they use their, their version of theology to say, and I was baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1982. Well, that's like telling me, you bought a 1978 car, and you filled it up with gas in 1982. Factual, that could be. You think that car's still running strong on 1982 gas? Could it have used a fill-up and a spruce-up between then? We need to have constant refreshing Holy Spirit empowerment, Holy Spirit filling. We need to constantly be immersing ourselves in the spirituals. That's the latter rain. Say latter rain. So this is, this is the symbolism of the former rain and the latter rain. I want you to know we need both. I, I know there's a lot of people in this room that are truly saved. You've had the former rain. God's spirit drew you to the Father. Uh, you had a personal encounter with the only true God that there is, and you, you received what we know as the born-again experience. That seed got down in your heart. God watered it. It took root. But now you need the latter rain so that you can blossom and flourish to your fullest potential. Uh, many people, truly saved people, have a very dry relationship with the Lord. 
If I had enough time, I could start with Karen and just go around the room and, and, and just put my truth little meter on you to make sure you were telling the truth uh, versus telling a lie and just ask, is your relationship with God in a dry place or in a well-watered place? How many people believe somebody in the room, would, if, if they were being honest, would say it's a little bit dry? Anybody believe it? Uh, uh, thank you for being honest. I'll take that as a vote for yourself uh, or, or for the person sitting next to you. But there are a lot of Christians who are in a dry place. And we live in a sun-scorched place, this earth. We live in a crooked and a perverse place that will just snatch the, 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 the wetness out of you. How many of y'all know you can get fired up in church on Sunday morning? You just pray, get right, repent, have God fill you fresh with the Holy Spirit. You walk out of here in love with God, get in the car with those three other people, Holy Ghost, gone. <laughs> Nobody asked you where you want to go eat. Are you make it out of the parking lot? And y'all are just rejoicing. He hath done great things. And you're just talking about the great things that he hath done. And you, you, make it that, you make it to that four-way stop, and then you just want to freak out. Why are there four-way stops in this country? I got to teach my children how to drive. And, and, and I got to teach my children how to drive coming to and from church. And this four-way stop, and I'll tell them. I'll tell them, watch this guy in the blue car. Because if you're coming up at almost the same time, I lay way back so they hit stop first, and then I'll inch up, and then they'll just sit there and look at me. And I'll go, go ahead. And then they'll go, you go ahead. And then I'm like, okay, but if I go ahead and I just told you to go ahead, and you go ahead because we're about to have a mess. And then boom. What, you might make it past the four-way stop and get all the way out to Blanding. From, well, to 103rd. Now, if you get by 103rd, it's so funny. I, I, I saw on somebody's social media, uh, I, I guess the little kid never been uh, anywhere other than the bubble that they live in in their gated community because they took a picture uh, of themselves. Uh, they, they, they wrote on one post that, going to the rough side. And then they took a picture of themselves by a sign that said 103rd Street, and underneath it she put, we out here, though. We out here. So me and my kids, we said, we out here, though. We, we out here now. Listen, I want to find that person and take them to 44th and Moncrief. I want to take them to the Cleveland Arms Apartments. I want to take them off Avenue B. I, 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 want, to get them, I want to get them on Florida Avenue and, and let them know, well, now you're out here for real. But if you get past 103rd Street to Blanding, what am I saying? You better keep getting rained on or you're going to dry up. You know, you can get just as wet as you want to. But if you get enough wind and life and air and dust and, and people, uh, 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 you're going to dry off eventually. And you got to get wet again. I want you to be soaking wet in the things of God. I, I want you to, 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 to be able to say what the old hymn writer said, uh, showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Anybody remember what he said? Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. You see, in every Christian's life, you ought to be able to talk about some mercy drops that you had. I remember when God blessed us real good about nine years ago. 
sound like a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. <laughs> well, I remember when we, I remember, I, I, <laughs> you know, now this is not my team, but I would use them for example because I know how bad y'all hate them. You know, the, the, the what, what, what's the name? Uh, New, the New England Patriots, they're not talking about, oh, remember four years ago when we won two games in a row? <laughs> they're, not, they're not going back. To, they're, they're not looking back at that. The, 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 man, Boston has just been ra- racking up. Let's talk about the Red Sox. The Red Sox are saying, oh, re- remember uh, way back when when we won a title? What, a couple weeks ago? Uh, you know, but if you have to look way back when to when God really did something cool in your life, I'm going to invite you to get rained on today. Are you ready? All right, let's, let's keep moving because there are too many people having a dry life. And we know in the natural nothing can live without water. If there's an extended period of no rain, then things become dry and brittle. And, and listen, things that are dry and brittle, hear me good, break easy. And there are people who say they're just so offended at everything. They're just so broken down by everything. Every little thing bothers them. You think because somebody was scratching their eye, they were shooting you a middle finger. Uh, you know, or because somebody looked away, they were rolling their eyes. Just dry, brittle things. They burn up easy. They get mad easy. They get offended easy. We, we, we can't live effectively for God without the latter rain. It, it's true in the natural. It's true in the spiritual. Rain makes things grow, makes things stronger, makes things healthier. We need more rain on our lives. The rain that falls down from heaven to empower us to do all that God would have us to do. So the, this word this morning would be prophetic for you if you let it. If you, if you sense a dryness in your spirit, you need to cry out to God and you need to ask him, to rain down things on your life, to water your soul, to bring you strength. Uh, and, and if you're not there, if you're spiritually healthy, you need to ask God for more rain so that you can flourish to your best potential. All right? Before we look at our text, though, we're going to get back into our text that we read. But let me set some background for you. There's a king ruling in the earth at this time named King Ahab. Now, was he a good dude or a bad dude? Bad dude. Uh, and as, as is, not always, but as, as is typical, birds of a feather flock together. Ahab was a bad dude, and his wife was named what? And she was a what? She, she was a bad dudette. She, she, was a, she, she was as bad or worse than him. So God's people are not flourishing d- during this bad leadership. Now, here's the reality. If you ask half of America right now, America's got bad leadership right now. If you ask the other half of America, uh, uh, they'll tell you America had bad leadership for eight years. If you ask a, a different group of people beyond that, they'll say this person, that person. Listen, it doesn't matter if you, 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 you're like uh, George H.W., George W., the, the president who was between the bushes. That's a funny, that's, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> Uh, Slick Willie, Bill Clinton, uh, most swagged. Now, some of y'all going to argue because I know some, some of y'all going to bring uh, Obama in the mix. Clinton was swagged out, though. They, 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 they called him, they should have called him Swaggy P. But he was, 
It doesn't matter who your favorite dude is, who your favorite. Uh, some of y'all still, you know, crying over Hillary. Uh, listen. I still see people with, with, with Bush bumper stickers on their car. Uh, which makes me think, okay, for the Hillary bumper stickers. But, but come on now. Uh, catch up to the times. If you don't want to rep who's president, uh, please don't rep who lost 100 years ago. I mean, I'm keeping my, my, I'm, I'm keeping my, my Mike Huckabee sticker. Well, thank God for Mike Huckabee. He didn't win, though, did he? But you're out there repping all this stuff. When are you going to get ready to, to realize that it doesn't matter as much for you if you're being rained on who's in the White House as it does who's in heaven's house? It doesn't matter who's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue nearly as much as it matters who's sitting on the throne in heaven. But how many of y'all understand that it does have some impact on God's people? Good, bad, and indifferent. It has some impact. Well, in this time, Ahab's a horrible dude. He doesn't doesn't believe in Jehovah. He's not following Jehovah. He's not recognizing Jehovah's people. He's not helping the the people of God. they, They were a... All these religions, all religions in the world, uh, most notably except the big three, uh, have come from many different gods. They are polytheistic, where we are monotheistic. They believe in many gods. We believe in one God, same way as Old Testament uh, saints believe in one God. Ahab believed in many gods. The people he was uh, reigning over believed in many gods. But the big God, the God de jour, the God that was special at that time, was the God Baal. B-A-A-L. And the god Baal, listen, for for those of you that don't know, they always made these gods over something. You know, it's it's like the Greek gods where, oh, you know, god of thunder. That's that's who? All the women remembered that. I don't know why, but. (laughs) That's funny, isn't it, Cassandra? (laughs) They always had these things they were over. Well, some of the things that Baal was over was rain because he was the god of the weather uh, and, and some other things. But they looked to him when they would pray to God. They would pray to God for different things. When, when they would pray to uh, God for, to have children, they would pray to fertility gods. When they would pray to their gods for rain, they would pray to Baal because he was the god of the rain. And that's how he fits into this story that we're, we're going to look at. And so let's jump right into the story. In 1 Kings 17.1, the Bible says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe and Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Now, I love real saved people. Elijah is a real saved person. This is, this, this is a real follower of God because he's not half-stepping and he's not sugarcoating. So I tell you, my truth's always going to be the same. Straight truth, no chaser. Deal with it or don't deal with it, but it is what it is. And the truth's the truth anyhow. And that's how Elijah just came at stuff. He didn't come saying, well, there's many ways to get there, and all roads lead to heaven, and my God's, you know, just by, by a different name of your... He didn't play with none of that foolishness. He didn't play with none of that political correctness. He said, as surely as the Lord. All capital letters. He, and, and if you didn't catch that, let me just bracket something off in parentheses to give you cause for pause. The God of Israel. 
This is who he's talking about. He's, he's talking about the real, the one true living God, Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of Messiah. He said, as sure as this God lives. See, here's, here's what he's doing. He's taking a little shot at dude. Because what he's saying, all your gods are dead. If you study the etymology of the word idol, what it literally means, it doesn't mean, we, we say it means false god. That's not the real transliteration of the original word idol. It really means no god. Your God, not, not just, I'm not just saying your God is false. I'm saying your God don't exist at all. I'm not just saying your God can't pass the test. I'm saying he ain't showing up for the test. He, he said, but I serve a God who lives. Any, anybody believe they still serve a God who lives? Amen. Amen. The, 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 the God who, who is, who was, and who's coming back. He said, this, this is who I serve. And he said, as sure as he lives, there ain't going to be dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Now, a lot of people make big ado over Elijah. He, he said, he prayed that there'd be no rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and there was rain. But what they don't recognize, it doesn't just say rain. What does it say in addition to rain? Do. Well, some of y'all have been studying your Bible a long time, and you realize one, one of the most odd things about Noah's Ark uh, and, and the flood was, it had never done what before? It had never rained before that day. And so that made that even more supernatural. But all of the earth was being watered by what that comes in the morning? Dew. Okay, so dew can get you wet too. And I don't have time to preach to you about the former rain, latter rain, and the dew. But you better do the dew. Let me keep going on. He said it's not going to be in any dew or rain for the next years. And we know through St. Luke's Gospel and through James, this is a three-and-a-half-year period. And, and through the timeline that we see here in 1 Kings, he's talking about a three-and-a-half-year period. And he says, it's just not, not going to happen. So he's already said it. So now this starts going on. Okay, so you got this prophecy. You got these, this miracle happening. You got God moving in, in, a, in a big and in, in a noticeable way. Then we move into chapter 18, and Elijah has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Elijah has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. He's going to by himself take on 450 fake preachers, 450, uh, uh, 400 more fake followers, and say, let's just, let's just have a battle off. Let, let's, let's just have a contest here. Um, let, uh, and so they build two altars. They, they let the fakes build an altar. He builds an altar. Uh, they both take a bull. They prepare it. They lay it on the altar. And Elijah tells them, whichever God answers by fire, that'll be the one. See, this, this is a good way of solving things. The whole, everybody in the world didn't have to go to war. This is one of those things, you know, you send your best, we'll send our best. And let, let, let the one who wins uh, be the winner. And so it's a great story. You need to read it. He's, <laughs> my man, he mocks them so heavy. He, he's trash talking at, at a high level. He's, he's telling them maybe your God, they're praying, they're begging God for hours, three hours, noon, three o'clock. They're begging their false God just to come down, fall on, uh, like rain. And, and Elijah's mocking them. Maybe he's deaf. Maybe he don't hear you. Holler louder. Maybe he's asleep. Wake him up. And, and then, then when it comes to Elijah's time, you know, sometimes it's just not good enough just to get it done. Sometimes you got to get it done and look good doing it. So it comes Elijah's turn, 
He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Since y'all are fake and got no real God, let me, let me show you how, how this thing really rolls out. Y'all go get me a bunch of water. Go get me, go get me some, some jugs of water and just soak that whole thing soaking wet. Because, you know, it's hard to start fire on something that's wet. So they soak it now wet. He, he calls on God. God, God blasts the whole thing up with fire, licks all the water up out of the ground. Elijah tells the people, they, they all say, yes, your God is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah's like, okay, well, now y'all believe what I'm saying. Go get all those cowards that are running away and sneaking out of town right now. Gather them up. Let's take them by the river, and let's just have a head-chopping service. Y'all already know about that part in there. I'll leave that alone. Some of y'all weak stomach. But that's what happens And in, 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 in chapter 18 before we get to this place. So now Ahab's in a mess. Ahab's in a mess because he's presiding over, over these people to think Baal is the big God. Baal just got showed up. So now he's got to do something. Now he's got to recognize the man of God and the people of God. How many of y'all know that's what politicians do once every four years or every two years? Ain't they coming after the church? All, everyone and all of them say the same thing. They, they all claim salvation. They all, they all claim Jesus. Uh, but you, hey, listen, do not email me about your favorite spirit-filled politician because I will dig up dirt on your favorite spirit-filled politician, and I will send it back to you. And then he and you will have egg on your face. And I don't want to do you that way because I'm saved. Amen? So he's paying homage to the man of God, and now he's sucking up to Elijah because he's like, this dude is the real deal. This dude's God is the real deal. I better step lightly because, you know, he was the all-powerful king. He was the one having heads chopped off. Now, all of a sudden, Elijah's bossing people around and chopping off heads. So Ahab's thinking, man, I better cozy up to this brother right here uh, to see what's going on. So now Ahab's in the cozy seat, and he's pushing up next to Elijah, and Elijah tells him some stuff. And th this is where we get back in to our story, in, look, look, look in verse 41. In verse 41, it says, Elijah said to Ahab. Now, they just killed everybody. Fire's miracle has happened, and now a miracle is going to happen on top of a miracle. That's important, I hope you heard it. Miracles many times are preceded and succeeded by, succeeded by miracles. And Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now Ahab, <laughs> see Ahab is not really useful to, to what Elijah's doing because Elijah's the man of God following the plan of God and Ahab just this side action thing that ain't really real and don't, 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 don't have God or God's people's best interest in heart. He said, I'll tell you what you need to do. Go make yourself a sandwich. <laughs> Grab you some of that expensive liquor you can hide from the people. He said, for there's the sound of an abundance of rain. There is a sound. There is a sound. Now, when he said there is a sound, I need my English majors to help. Does that sound, it, does that sound like past tense to you? There is a sound? Does that sound like future tense to you? What's that sound like? That's present tense. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He didn't say, I, I, I think rain is coming. He said, I hear it. 
See, if you ever really get tied into what God is doing, if you ever really get just saturated in the things of God, if you ever start praying more than you watch television, if you start reading your Bible more than you read your social media, if you really start uh, living this thing for real, if you want to live right, give right, be right, do right, act right, serve right, worship God right, praise God right, share your faith, pay tithes, give offering, get involved in ministry, you're going to start hearing sounds that other people are missing. See, because remember this. Now, see, I'm a, I'm a Bible man. I, I, you know, the Bible says that, that God at different times spoke to us in different ways. But in these last days, he chose to speak to us through his son. And he's revealed his word to us in this book. But how, how many of y'all know that in the beginning, there was a voice before there was anything written down? Uh, how, how did God create? How, 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 how did there become uh, uh, light? He, he said there was a sound. God makes sounds that if you're listening, you can hear and you can pick up on. Uh, people call it, uh, some people like to use the word discernment. They, 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 they sense what is happening because they're so in tune with what God is doing. And it, it wasn't raining at the time. Nobody else was hearing what was going on. Nobody else felt like the rain was. It hasn't rained for three and a half years. Now, here's what happens, and the Bible says so. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's hard to understand in 400-year-old English. Uh, but what, what it means is when you've been wanting something for a long time and it hasn't happened yet, you can get depressed. That's the human condition. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you've been wanting to see your children get saved, fall in love with Jesus, and, and they're still wayward and, 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 and you know, they're, they're acting crazy. When your spouse is driving you crazy, when, when, you, when your family's flaky and your faith is fickle, and you're hoping for something great to happen, and it doesn't happen today and next week, next month. How many of y'all be honest enough to admit when you've been praying for something and it hadn't happened in a long time and you don't see no signs of it happening, it gets harder to pray? That's just real. That's the honest people in the room. Or maybe that's just the praying people in the room. But it's been three and a half years. And I'm pretty sure that at this point, anybody that was hoping it would rain has just pretty much thrown, a, thrown their hands up like, nah, no sense in planting crops this year. It ain't raining in years. No, no, no reason to believe. But this man is tied into God, and he knows that it is going to rain. And, and I want you to know, I don't do this often. Every time I've ever done this, I've written it down and attached a date to it. And it's always come true, thankfully, or I would have resigned so y'all didn't stone me. I don't believe uh, that most prophets who are prophesying in churches are true men or women of God at all. I think they're phonies. I think what's happening in churches is prophet lying, not prophesying to the most part. Uh, Y'all have heard this if you've been around. If you hadn't, check it out. When you go to a church and somebody says, mm, ha, mm, oh, hey, mm, yeah, mm, hey. They got gas or something. I don't know. I don't see anybody in the Bible doing that. But then when they say, mm, yes, mm, thank you, mm, ah, hallelujah, yes, mm, 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 what, Campbell's soup, mm, mm, good. And, and I prophesy by the anointing, yes. And then they get that, it stinks in here, look. Somebody right in this section, mm. Oh, hey, yeah. Mm. 
a woman. <laughs> By the Spirit of God. A, a woman. You're struggling with intimacy issues because you've been hurt by a man. <laughs> that don't take prophecy. That take common sense. Hey, God moving on both sides of the church. Yes. Somebody. Right over here. As the Lord said. Thus saith the Lord. Somebody in this section right here. No, even on this half a section. <laughs> Specific. You're dealing with some aches and pains in your body. <laughs> you see all these senior adults from all over, over here? You know the young woman on the whole side of the room? Uh, 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 dealing with some pains in your body. If you're past 11, you got pain in your body. That is not prophecy. That's kind artistry. That's followed up by an offering. <laughs> Con artist trying to get your money. Uh, prophecy comes true. Prophecy is specific. Prophecy always deals with something that God is going to do. And I want you to know this morning that I prophesy. That the reign of God is coming to this place. And I'll show you the specific criteria beyond it uh, in, in just a moment. I prophesy uh, that I, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I've had people close to me uh, tell me, Pastor, I just sense a swelling of momentum uh, in what God is doing in the earth and in our church right now, in, in, in your life personally. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, uh, the, the reign of God is coming to this place. It's coming to wash sin away. We're going to have people in this room Going to get closer to God. Anybody want to be part of that group? Uh, it, it's going to come wash hurt away. We're going to have people in this room finally let go of bitterness, pain, and defeat. Anybody want to be part of that group? It, it's going to come to bring refreshing into this place, joy into this place. Uh, some of y'all old enough to remember the song. I'm singing in the... I hear it. I hear it in my spirit. I, I sense it in the supernatural that the rain is coming. But hear me good. It's not just a feeling I have that the rain is coming to this church. It's something that I know. Say no. I know it for the same reason Elijah knew it. Not, not because I'm some uh, seer into the future. Not, not because uh, I, I've got some special hookup uh, that, that nobody else has. I know it for the same reason Elijah knew it. Because God made a promise. And all God's promises are yes and amen. And everything God says will come to pass. Look, look, look at chapter 18, verse 1. Chapter 18, verse 1 says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now see, if you can find it in the Bible and you repeat it out loud, that doesn't make you somebody who is some mystical, magical, voodoo, magic spell worker. That just makes you somebody who believes what God said. So Elijah here is not performing some type of some future sight. He's just recalling the promises of God in your life. If you don't hear anything else before we leave here today, I want you to remember that God's promises are always true. Everything God said is real. These words are right. They're established in heaven. They will never pass away. God made a promise. He told Elijah the rain was coming. 
He didn't say when. He said it's coming. He, he, now this is in the beginning of chapter 18. He tells them to get ready because it's coming, and he immediately goes into action. What, what, what if we just decided that we could believe what God said today and everybody in the room went into action mode for God? We turned the whole world upside down. Jesus had 12. One was a devil. And the lost people in the first century said, these are they who have turned the world upside down with their new religion. It, it, Elijah locks in action mode. He, he, God, he didn't know when it was coming. He didn't know how it was coming. He just knew it was coming. Put Acts 2.17 up on the screen for me, Deke. And it came, and it shall come to pass, this is what the Bible says in Acts 2.17, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream, dream dreams. Look at what it says. And it shall come to pass, and it shall come to pass. Not it might, not it maybe. It shall come to pass in the last days. Has anyone... In the history of this world lived in a later time in this world's history than us. We're the last days people. If the earth goes on for a billion more years, which I don't believe it will, we're still at right now. We're the last day church. And God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Listen, the rain is coming. The rain of God pouring out his spirit is coming because he promised it that it would happen. Look at verse 18. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. They shall proclaim God's word with boldness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And now for all, all, you, all you women ministry haters, read that verse real good. Uh, because it said that uh, my servants and on my handmaidens. That's men and women getting filled with the Holy Spirit. That's men and women doing ministry. That's men. Anybody? Do y'all believe that? All right. Let, let's keep moving. One, one more verse in Acts, and then we'll wrap this up. Verse, verse 21. And it shall come to pass, talking about this last day, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, it's interesting, this word saved, you, most of you know that the New Testament was primarily written in Greek, the Old Testament primarily written in Hebrew, but in, in this Greek word for saved, it's the same Greek word that we get our English word, our English Bible word saved and delivered. See, because the former rain comes to save you, and the latter rain will help get you delivered. So everybody in this room needs to call on the Lord. If you're here and you're not saved, you need to call on God so you shall be saved. That's in the, the, the former rain stage. If you're already saved, you still need to call on the name of the Lord so you can be delivered. I don't know what you need deliverance from, but if you've got one eye and road walking sense, you ought to know what your problem is. If you don't, get in therapy and find out or just get honest about what is happening. God made a promise. God can't lie. The rain's coming. He said in the last days he pours spirit on all, out on all flesh. You are surrounded by flesh. I tell you to pinch yourself, but some of y'all just too mean to do what you're told. Listen, you have flesh all over you. And God made a promise that he was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. We, we're part of that all flesh group. Not only are we part of that group, God promised to pour his spirit out on them, but we're the last day group. We're later in it than anybody's ever been, and I believe Jesus is coming back soon. 
If you believe that, you better get under the spout where the glory comes out. See, some people can hear this coming and others can't. For some people, I may as well be speaking a foreign language and they're just ready to get out of here. But the the because the, the word doesn't get to them at all. But I believe there are some people in this room that are hungry for more of God. I believe there's some people in this room that are finally ready to get on with the getting on. I believe there's some people in this room that would be honest enough to say, I could have been doing more and I should have been doing more, but by God's grace, I'm ready to be all that God has called me to be. These are the people that I'm looking for to get involved in this Lock It In program. Uh, I, I, I know if you really listen for it and you, you really get into things of God, you're, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear this sound on the horizon. And there, there's, there, there's something that's moving inside me. That, that, that says change is coming, newness is coming, uh, purpose is coming, manifestation is coming. And the sound of this rain, Elijah said, it came right after a really big event in his life. We just had a really big event in the life of this church, see, because our, our church has been through some, some, some different changes. We started with a paid-for property. God told us to go move into a school. We left a paid-for property to be in a school. Most churches in a school don't have a paid-for property. And we've been tabernacling in lease, purchase, rentals ever since then. And God just did something huge in our life, uh, a massive miracle through this loan approval so that we can plant here and dig this well here forever. But after a real move of God comes another miracle. Say another miracle. With it always comes challenges too. I, I was telling the administrator this week, uh, be ready. Be ready for physical attack. Be ready for spiritual attack, mental, emotional attack. Be ready for people to lie, steal, cheat. Be, be ready because uh, anytime the God that, that God is blessing, the devil's what? Messing. That's just how, how it works. But God does miracle on top of miracle. And I believe that we're about to get into a miracle on top of miracle. So I want to give you some principles real quick. I got, I got a few minutes left. Lock these down, write these down, or think about them as I say them. Because if we want what others have, we got to do what they did to get it. That's why the Bible says we have these stories for our examples so we can learn from them. we got to do what they did so we can have what they had. They had miracle after miracle. They had power and favor with God and people. So the first thing I see in this story is that God made a promise. Say promise. God made a promise. He, we already looked in verse 1 of chapter 18. He said it's about to rain. So the, the proper response to hearing God's promise, listen, is to believe it. When you read the truth in God's word, you need to believe it. You need to receive it. You need to apply it to your life because everything spiritual starts with a promise. I told you, the former rain is symbolic of saving grace. It's that first work God does in your life. The latter rain is symbolic of, of refreshing feelings of God's spirit to bring you strength, cause you to flourish. God's already promised in his word that he'd send the former rain and the latter rain. So if everything starts with a promise, then we're in good shape because we have the promise of God that the rain is coming. We just looked at it in Acts chapter 2. On the, in the last days, God's going to pour his spirit out on the whole earth and on all flesh. Whatever, whatever you want to see God do in your life or the lives of others always starts with a promise. You need to find promises in the word of God. When you read the Bible, you need to look for promises. And you don't need to remind, I hear people say, Pastor, I start day in prayer every day reminding God of his promises. Listen, if God were to forget it, you sure wouldn't be remembering. <laughs> remind yourself of God's promises and believe them. Second thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. Elijah prayed. Say pray. 
He, he had his promise. He knew it was coming, but he still prayed. He stayed on his knees believing God would do what he said he would do. Look, look in verse 42 real quick. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Okay, that's, you know, that's, that's just what that crowd does. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He cast himself down on the earth, and he put his face between his knees. Now, if you read that in a more modern translation, it would say he prayed. Uh, Elijah goes to praying. See, when you've heard what the promise is, and you believe by faith that it's coming, you need to up your prayer. So I'm calling for you to up your prayer. We're going to be here tonight at 6 o'clock. Let's, let's find out who wants to get soaking wet in the things of God. He, I told you, if you want what others have, you've got to do what they did to get it. Elijah had the power of God on his life, the blessing of God on his life. He heard blessing coming when no one else could hear it. And, and, and I want you to get involved in that type of life. He got alone with God. And he got on his knees and he prayed. That's what we need to be doing. Church needs more prayer. Christians all around the world need to be praying more. I've been saying that from day one, and I'm going to keep saying it until we're all praying more than we're doing other things. Because I can't hear this in my, in my spirit on the inside by faith and through God's promise. I, I, I hear this momentum deep inside me. I hear this rain coming. I know that there's a revival. The Bible prophesies a great last day revival and a great last day falling away. You better get on the revival side and, and, and get involved in what God is doing. I, I, I hear it. I sense it on the inside. But we got God's promises in the Bible that tell us it's coming. I, I, I know it experientially. Now, me, I'm a Bible person. I need to see it in the book. I need chapter and verse on it because, you know, I tell y'all, some of y'all, See dreams and visions. That's cool. That can happen. That's in the book. Uh, but some of y'all just eat pizza too late at night or, or spicy food, okay? Uh, but I, the, I also believe there's a time and a place for visions, uh, signs, wonders, prophecy. Uh, our church has been prophesied over by some amazing people. Um, I was in Hawaii when I, when I came back and I preached this message from Hawaii uh, 11 years ago, or a message out of this text. Um, and I was in a week-long conference, and on two different days, two different men in two different buildings singled me out of a crowd of over a 1,000 people. And I'm like, what do I have on me? Uh, the, only, the only person in either one of these days that was asked to come up front, um, and, and, and a lot of that's contrived, and that's not really my crowd, but I, I was there to learn, and I was, I was going to be humble and receive whatever God had for me. And both these men spoke some very specific prophecy in my life one of them was uh apostle ed savoso uh, i don't agree with all his theology but i mean he he really is for real in in what he believes and he called me up in front of about 1400 people and he prophesied uh over my life that this church was going to lay hold of our city and we were going to reach our city and see transformation and that's why uh, the theme for our church this year, or the theme for our church as, as a church, not this year, but our, our overarching theme uh, as a church is transformed by the power of God's love. And he told me, here's what, here's what I need you to do. I need you to believe this promise, and I need you to put feet to this. And he said, when, when do you go home? I said, flying home tomorrow. He said, within 24 hours of you getting home. Now, this was so weird to me, right? Uh, but I did it. He said, within 24 hours of you getting home, I want you to find the tallest building in your city that you can find. And I want you to climb on top of that building. And I want you to stretch your hands four times, uh, once north, once south, once east, and once west. And I, and I want you to proclaim God's love, transformation, and power over your city. Well, here's the odd thing. At that time, 
I was living in Middleburg. And our church was meeting in Middleburg. Uh, no, actually, we were meeting in Lake Asbury. And uh, there are no tall buildings there. Right? So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get this guy some grace because, you know, the Jacksonville metropolitan area is a five-county area, so let me get to the tallest building. Well, the tallest building I knew of was Baptist Hospital because Gail had just died a few months before, and I'd spent a lot of time at Baptist Hospital, and I, I knew that I could get past the security guard in Baptist Hospital. So I go in. Dude don't want to let me by. I'm going to go in there and try to find a stairwell and figure out how to be creative and get on top of Baptist Hospital. Not just the hospital, but the, the towers, the professional building, the, one that, the, the highest one. And so uh, I go in, I try to get by the guy. He won't go. But I hear his little music player playing. This, this was so wild. Y'all, I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but it was crazy. Because I only have one singer that I ever talk about, one singer that the, the one person I listen to more, more, more than anybody, my favorite Christian singer in the world. Anybody know who it is? Keith Green. This dude's listening to Keith Green. Most people couldn't spell Keith Green. And I, I'm like, oh, you listen to Keith? I start naming off all these Keith Green songs. And, and he's like, man, let me get it. Dude writes me a pass. Didn't even ask me what I was there for. He already, no visitors. And I, you know, five minutes later, so I'm, stum I'm walking through trying to get on these elevators and work my way to the top. So I get on this elevator. I go up all the way to the top. I get off on the top floor, and I'm walking around. I'm thinking, there's got to be a, a, a way to get to this roof somehow. And I see the maintenance room. So this is like early 3 a.m. in the morning. I just flew in from Hawaii, came in on the last plane. Was almost missed the plane, didn't want to miss the plane because I had to get this done within 24 hours. Uh, or the magic didn't work, whatever, that's what he said. <laughs> and, and so I, I, the maintenance room on the top floor of this building at 3 o'clock in the morning, should it be locked or unlocked? Guess what it was? Unlocked. So I'm like, it's got to be it. I walk in. I, now, Deacon Mills does maintenance for some large buildings and, and has done a lot of things with big buildings in the city. And he, he has assured me that it's a good thing I made this happen fast because security was on their way. These, these things are alarmed. Uh, what, the main thing that was alarmed, I look, I see this wall ladder, big steel ladder going straight up, bolted down to the concrete wall. And I don't like heights. <laughs> I had to climb all the way up there. I fall off. I'm just going to be laying here when they come in in the morning. They're going to take me to jail. Uh, but I, and, and then there's this big, giant metal door up there. I'm like, I don't even know how to open that door. And so, But I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to take one foot after another. I climb up there. The lock that's supposed to lock that thing is laying beside it. I just push the whole thing open. The roof on top of the hospital opens up. I climb out on it. I am on top of the tallest part of Baptist Hospital. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, well, this, this is, now, that's what Diggy Mill said, for sure security was on their way. You open that hatch on it, nobody's supposed to be in there to begin with, and they got to know when some jumper is climbing on the roof. So, but I don't like heights long enough to hang out there. I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not just taking in the sights. I'm here to stretch my arms to four different sides and, and pray. I, I did that, and I got out of there. And I wondered for years. I thought, 
at Clay County Church. I'm climbing buildings in Jacksonville. Well, I want to, I want to propose this to you. We were a Clay County Church, but wh where, where, do we, where do we currently locate now? In the same city where just a couple of miles from here I stood up. And when I drove away, I stopped and I looked at it in the distance, and I never knew this before. My, my son was born in Baptist Hospital. Uh, I slept many nights on that floor in the oncology ward. I never realized this. Drive far away from Baptist Hospital, the tallest building. Guess what's on top of that building that's the highest part of Baptist Hospital? A big old giant cross with a light shining on it. Boy, if y'all, man, I broke down on the side of the road, cried, believed God. I thought, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust the prophecy over this church. I'm going to trust the prophecy over my life. I don't have to know when it's going to happen. I don't have to know how it's going to happen. But I hope I got three people in the room today that believe that God keeps his promise. Now, some of y'all are more like me. You're more of a word person. You, you, don't, you don't really do all that stuff. I, I, I'm good with that. I don't believe it if it's not in the Bible. So listen to what the Bible says in Numbers 14, 21. As truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I'm standing on top of Baptist Hospital, stretching my hands out, asking God, please fill, your, fill, fill this city with your glory. God, please use me. Please use our church to advance your kingdom. And then I see God says as sure as he's alive, he's going to fill all the earth with the glory of of the Lord. If you want God's glory to come to your house, is your house on this earth? If you want God's glory to come to your family, is your family on this earth? If you want God's glory to come to your office, to your job place, to your school, are those places on this earth? If you want God's glory to come to the place where you go to church, is this church on the earth? So as surely as God lives, all of these things will be filled with the glory of the Lord. you got to have a promise, but you got to pray about it. Real quick, third thing, Elijah passes on perception. In verse 43, he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. <laughs> well, case closed. Let's go, to, let's go to Sonny's. All that believing and praying and pra promise holding, and head between my knees. I, has this hearing I got going on? Uh, uh, look toward, uh, you, you, what do you see? Nothing. Mm, that would be enough to take the average churchgoer out of the game. Oh, well, we tried. Just didn't work. <laughs> so, my man, I told y'all, Elijah's the real deal, man. He tells this dude, go again seven times. Now, I'm way past my time, so I can't get into all this and how funny it is. And y'all know I love how specific the Bible is and, and, and my sense of humor that, that goes in with this. Uh, to me, I'd have looked at Brother and said, look here, bro. Why do you say seven times? Are you trying to work me to death back and forth? If you know it's not going to happen until the seventh time, why don't we just go ahead and say I've been six and just let me go on up there and get, get this done? See, but he said go seven times. Anything that God's people are going to see God do is going to require work. It's going to, you got to put some feet to your prayers. Some of y'all sitting around believing God for life. Well, I'm just believing God that he's going to lead me in the right direction. Well, what direction have you gone? Well, I'm just believing God that, that he's going to bless my finances. Well, what are you doing with your finances? You have to put feet to your prayers. So he tells us, dude, go, go, go put some feet to your prayers. Get up there and keep going back, keep going back.
keep going back, keep going back seven times. And so he, he, he passes on perception. He, he, he finds somebody and he tries to get them to believe what he's believing. Why? Because the pastor can't do it all by himself. Uh, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. Uh, no, no, no church should be a one man, one woman, one person, handful of people show. It takes a team to get things done. It, 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 and we need some faithful servants to get on board and to catch this vision and to believe in God's glorification of all the earth and God pouring out his spirit in these last days because part of the provision for the vision is always the people. And that's why you're here. I, I, I'm up here doing what God called me to do. I, I'm, I'm reading the word, trying to cause it to make sense, trying to equip you to do the work of the ministry, but you got to get on with doing what God has called you to do because everyone in this in these chairs right now, you're one of two people represented in this story. You're either Ahab-like or servant-like. You're either Ahab-like or servant-like. I'll let you decide which one you are. When it comes for work to be done, do you go and get something to eat, uh, make a sandwich and get a drink, or do you go do the serving? Mm, we don't like that part, do we? Now, now somebody ought to say, ouch, uh, because you know you're better at sandwich eating than you are at serving. See, a- a- Ahab wasn't going to do no work for the Lord. He was going to cheese up to Elijah. That, that, that's people that always want to tell the pastor, Pastor Scott, hallelujah, glory to God. You start making all them words up in your mind, uh, church speaking me, I already got my, my, I got my antennas up on you. Pastor Scott, no, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Are you talking to me? You're talking, anyway, you, you go run through all that, anything. And I, I do mean, man, man of God, I mean anything that I can do, just let me know. I'm here, I am here to serve the Lord. I'm like, well, well, praise the Lord. Why don't you get with a church administrator, or why don't you get with one of the deacons, and why don't you get attached to a ministry and start serving there? And do you know what they do? Now, see, if I'd have told them, why, why don't you come by and clean my office? Why, why don't you come by and wash my car? Nobody in this church has ever washed my car. If, if, if I'd have said, why, why don't you take my, my, my clothes to the laundry? Nobody in this church, is, all them preacher things people are doing. Now, people want to serve the man, but they don't want to serve the God of the man. See, Ahab was like, he's cheesing all up with Elijah as long as he could be close to the leader. And I've had people leave the church. Well, I just, I just can't, I can't be in abundant life anymore. I just don't feel like I can get close to Pastor Scott. Really? Because my phone number is listed. My cell phone number is printed on everything that we print out, and I'm as catchable as anybody you ever wanted to meet. But people want to have that cheese up to the leader but don't really want to serve. You're either Ahab-like or you are servant-like. You get to pick. See, look, look, look at what Ahab did in verse 42. He went and got a sandwich. He went eating and drinking because that's all Ahab people want to do. They want to feed their flesh. Oh, well, I can't come to work day, you know, because uh, Michigan is playing lower middle East Technical College by the, by the side of the road that day. Newsflash, Michigan's going to win. Technology flash, DVR it. Don't have DVR? Watch it on YouTube after you come home from work day. Ahab wants to feed his flesh. Servant people are willing to go once Twice, thrice, force, four ice, five ice, six ice, seven ice. They're willing to go over and over and over and keep working. I want you to get on the servant side of this thing and not on the Ahab side 
of this thing. You don't always get to see it the first time you look. So here's number four. The servant persisted till he perceived it. You need a miracle from God. You need to keep doing what God has already showed you to do until he shows you more. You need a miracle from God. You need God to lead you. You need God to do something miraculous in your life. Start doing something. Don't just sit. God didn't save us so we could sit. He saved us so we could serve. Get involved in doing something, using your gifts, your talents, your uniqueness for the Lord. The servant persisted. He kept going. He kept going. Look look at verse 44. And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. Now, thank God this is a real story and, and not just a movie. Because if this was a movie, I kind of see dude making this up. It's like, I don't want to get sent back up there again. That's, that's a long run. Got to ride all, run all the way up there, look out on the ocean. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I see, I see it, I see it. It's small. It's a small cloud about the size of my fist. But it's that, you're right, you're right. God's, God came through. It's, no, this, is, this dude is for real. This is not a movie. This is the truth. And he said, I, I see it. See, he kept on keeping on until he could see what it was he was believing. See, uh, so, so, so many people want, want, want to just hype up faith. But the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. You just, when you can't figure it out, you got to faith it out. Some things don't make sense, but you got to keep on grinding. You got to keep on doing what God called you to do. You got to keep on giving, serving, living, being, doing everything that God called you to do. This is what this servant did, and he persisted until he perceived it. And I want you to not give up on your miracle. I want you to keep pushing until you can see it. You believe in God for something in your heart, I want you to keep pushing until you can see it. Keep on keeping on. The fifth thing, he told Abraham to prepare. Look, look, look at the second half of verse 44. He said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. He said, all right, now you're finally seeing it. I knew it was coming. I said it was coming. God told me it was coming. I never doubted it was coming. You know that servant-like dude. He, he, had a, he had a few doubts, but he kept going. It's okay to have a few doubts. Just keep going. He finally got to the place where he could see the plan of God that was told to him by the man of God, and now he's getting more information. As you step forward, God will give you more illumination. That's why the word is a lamp to our feet, not a spotlight. It just illuminates a few, the next few steps. So you got to be stepping. This dude's stepping. Now he gets more information. Elijah says, all right, now you're seeing it. Now, now it's coming. Go tell Ahab. Get off that eating sandwich. Get off that drinking hard liquor. And get down off that party wagon and because it's about to rain in here. He's got a chariot. Got a heavy chariot because it's loaded down with a bunch of king stuff. And this is a dirt road. And some of y'all have lived on dirt roads. And if, if, if the rain's about to come, you better get your two-wheel drive cars to the end of the street. Some of y'all Middleburg people know what I'm talking about. When we went and saw Cliff and Julie in the mountains uh, two weeks ago, they, they, they told us, uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to come up the driveway. It's been raining too much uh, unless you have a four-wheel drive. So he's looking out for his, his two-wheel drive chariot, and he's like, man, it's about to come a flood in here. He's telling a lost person that hadn't seen rain in three and a half years, it's about to come storming. There are no visible signs of it. Off in the distance, a cloud the size of a man's hand, but he's got the servant on full-fledged lockdown now. See, if you ever start seeing God come through, you'll start believing he can come through again. 
You have to start serving God and get fired up because you realize it's a blessing to be able to serve God. You're going to say, what can I do next? So he's on his next now, and, and he, he gets to be part of the messenger to Ahab. He tells Ahab to go prepare because, hey, ready or not, here it comes, and it is coming with a vengeance. Next thing we see in the story, and I'm almost done, the promise comes to pass. How many of y'all would like to get to that part? See, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to get to the, the, the birthday cake, but nobody wants to spend time getting ready for it. Everybody in a baseball, when I was young, and all, all the kids, we, we played baseball, and people wanted to bat, but they didn't want to take their turn in the field. People, people want to get to the end, but you don't get to the end before the beginning. It's a process, say process. But the promise comes to pass for him, and I promise you the promise will come to pass for you. In verse 45 it says, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Ahab is getting out of this, but now everybody's seeing it. Everybody's seeing what the faithful were believing. Everybody's seeing what the faithful were praying for. Everybody's seeing what the faithful worked for. See, a lot of times your family, your family ought to think you're smooth crazy for being at church all the time. Your family ought not understand why you give all your time to food and clothing ministry. Your family ought not understand why you go to church in a place off a side road that's off a side road and we out here though. Your family ought not to understand why you give more of your money to God's kingdom than you're stacking up for your own bank account. Your family, they, they ought not to see what you see because they don't know who you know. They haven't received the promise that you've received. They, have, they, they can't hear that rain deep in their spirit the way you hear it. But there comes a time of manifestation. There comes a time of stepping forth and stepping out. There comes a time where you've done it all. You believed it. You prayed for it. You worked for it. You were servant-like and not Ahab-like. And now everybody's looking around and saying, well, Look at the rain. They said it was going to rain. And it's raining. And, and, and so he, he, he tells, he, he, the promise comes to pass. And the last thing, number seven, the last thing that happens, when you see the promise come to pass, you need to praise him. You need to praise him. In, in verse 46, it says, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. That's what you need. But you got to believe and you got to pray and you got to work. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, Ahab's got a head start on him. Ahab's in the king's chariot being pulled by horses. Dude's on foot. Now, scholars disagree on the distance from where they were to Jezreel, which was a city down the road. 10 to 17 miles. Well, in my life, there, there's something that's 10 to 17 miles from where I'm standing right now. My house is 12 miles from, from this parking lot. And so I got a good idea how far 10 to 17 miles is. And I, I want to promise you this. If you let me get in my chariot and get a head start on you, and then you strike out on foot trying to outrace me to my house, you better have the Spirit of the Lord on you. He better be the wind beneath your wing. This man, it, miracle after miracle after miracle 
after miracles. See, once miracles start coming, if you put in the work, they'll keep coming. And this dude outruns a probably 15-mile run. He outruns this dude on foot who was driving the best chariot in all of the land. And, and as we get out of here, I, I want to tell you the reason why I think he ran the whole way. Not just because God super empowered him to. Not, not, not just because he was some kind of athlete, because he, he was a preacher. Y'all know preachers don't do no running. <laughs> preachers do a lot of sitting. Y'all need to pray. There's a lot of reading, a lot of talking to people. Um, I got called over last night in a sporting goods store. Didn't I, kids? Dude just said, hey, I'll ask this man right here. Dude called me over, wanted me to give him free marriage counseling as a total stranger. And I, and I, and I spent there and spent, listen, you do a lot of standing around. No, don't do no running, though. It, it wasn't that. Here's what I believe. I believe he wanted to be the one to make sure he told the story. So the story got told right. He knew Ahab was about to get back to a populated area and was going to start telling people the rain's coming. Well, he didn't have nothing to do with the rain coming. That rain was coming because Elijah, the Bible says, was a person just like us with problems and passions just like us. And he prayed to the real God, and the real God made it rain. And you ought to want to make sure nobody else is telling your story for you. You ought to have that spirit, uh, like the songwriter said, I ain't going to let no rock outpraise me. I'm not going to let you. You weren't there. When Jesus found me, you didn't feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around. You need to have your own praise for your God in your mouth, not just telling somebody else's story about what happened down there back then, how it used to be. That's the problem with the church today. There's not enough people excited about what God is doing in their life because here, newsflash, nothing going on but the rent. But if you will get on with the getting on, you will follow this, po- this process. If you will get on with the getting on, you will find out that God will take you from a place of his promise through your prayers, obedience, work, belief, passing it on, getting other people involved, not giving up, persisting until you can see it. it God will take you to a place from the promise to his praise. And one of the things you hear me say every week is, The more you praise God for, the more he'll give you to praise him for. The more you brag on him, the more he'll give you to brag on him about. Some of y'all just not bragging on him enough. Some some of y'all haven't truly thanked him for allowing you to get to this parking lot today without a car wreck. But if you would have gotten a car wreck, you sure would have been upset about it. But you couldn't put praise on a good thing, but you can put complaining on a bad thing. Some, some of y'all didn't even yet thank God today. Some of y'all didn't even yet talk to God today. You left your house this morning without speaking to God. You didn't even think, think to thank God for waking you up. You didn't think when you stood up and you'd be like, my legs are still working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because i got to get to the bathroom. You didn't thank God that your system was working. See, you know, you got to start seeing God in everything. Every good gift, the Bible says, comes down from above from the Father of lights. There's no shadow of turning in Him. There is no favoritism in Him. Everything that He says is real, and we need to begin to praise Him for everything. If you're willing to do these seven things, it'll be online for free. All these messages online for free. Go back and listen to it. If you believe uh, that you'd be willing to do these things, I believe the Spirit of God will set you free to be all that God wants you to be. 
Very few people in this room could honestly testify and say, Pastor Scott, I give God praise and I give God glory because I am walking closer to Him than I ever have in my entire life. I am am saturated in the things of God. But that's the life. See, here's what happens in the church world today. We look at those people as special Christians. Oh, well, they're anointed. God must have a calling on their life. God got the same calling on everybody's life. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be saved, sanctified, delivered, fire baptized, and giving Him praise. It's not just for special Christians. It's for us. It's for everybody who names the name of Christ. Great blessings often arise from small beginnings. See, some people would love to have their own building to meet in. Other people would look at this church and say, ah, oh, the neighborhood's wrong, the parking is wrong, the visibility is wrong. You, you, you know, the FBI can't f- hardly find it without GPS navigation straight to it. Uh, and some people would look at it as a blessing. Other people would look at it as not much. See, the way you look at the things that you have is your choice. Don't let other people tell you how good or bad your life is. Don't, don't let other people tell you how good or bad your marriage is. Are you still married? Give God thanks for that. They, they, uh, do, do they come home at night? Give God thanks for that uh, some people would look at your house and, and think it, they would love to have your house other people would look at it and think that ain't that much don't let somebody else tell your story for you you tell your story and you make sure that you give God praise for every good thing that comes your way you make sure that you open your mouth and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living so he can give you one more thing to praise him about The Bible says not to despise the day of small beginnings. I, I was licensed to teach in a mega church. Many, many, of, I mean, some, some, of, some of the people I, I started off in ministry with are pastoring some of the largest churches in the country. Uh, guy, guy I was licensed to teach with pastoring the largest church in Clay County right now. And some of those people would look at, 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 at what's going on here and they were like, man, you're happy to... God, God's allowing you to get locked into a mortgage on that place and they wouldn't want it I want to tell you this and we're going to go I want everything God has for me and I want to give him praise the whole time and I want to maximize my life and I, I don't, I'm not worried about burning out I'd rather burn out than rust out as long as there is breath in my body I'm going to keep giving God praise and I'm going to keep telling you that you need to give God praise you need to give God glory somebody ought to give God thanks right now the Bible says clap your hands all you people the Bible says whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved some of you already done that I got one last passage I'm going to read I got another promise for you to pray for listen to this and we're done in Deuteronomy chapter 11 and it shall come to pass this is a promise it shall come to pass if y'all know I love the word if in the Bible when God says if you do something then he'll do something that's something you can lock your teeth into this is a prereq if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. I want to tell you something. We're due. We're due. How many people believe? Or if you're due, say I'm due. 
Some of y'all do. Some, some of y'all been believing. Some of y'all been praying. Some of y'all been paying tithes and giving offerings. Some of y'all been holding on by faith, passing on your belief and giving God praise. He said, I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. The first rain and the latter rain. That thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thy, thy oil. That's provision and prosperity. That, that is need and blessing. That is ability to be useful and to continue on. But God put this requirement on it. He put this prereq on it. He said, what you got to do? You got to listen diligently. And you got to do what I tell you to do. You got to love God. And you got to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. You want miracles in your life? Start serving God with all your heart and all your soul. You want miracles in your life? Start loving God more. Pastor, I just don't believe I can love him any more than I do right now. You can find new ways to show it. Pastor, I'm working myself to death serving the Lord right now. Well, good. He said die to yourself. Press in. Lock in. Let's get on with the getting on because I want to see new miracles. I want to see more miracles. And I want to see higher praise. If you're here and you've never been saved, I want you to know. All you have to do is ask God to save you. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. See, everybody believes in Jesus. Our calendar is based on Jesus. He's the most documented person in the history of the world. Everybody believes in Jesus. But everybody doesn't believe that he died and rose from the dead. That's why the scripture says if you'll confess with your mouth that he's your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. See, if you already believe the right thing, you just need to ask him to save you so you can have the former reign and get ready for the latter reign. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for a patient people to hear this sermon. God, I pray that you would sink this message in our spirit and that you would allow us to hear your blessings on the horizon. Let us be willing to go up seven times. Or seven times seven, or 70 times 70, or 7,000 times 7,000. Let us never grow weary in chasing you. Let us never grow weary in pursuing the one who has pursued us. Let us never grow weary in our intimacy and our relationship with you. God, I pray that you would increase our faith, increase our praise, God. Increase our giving and our living, God. Increase our usefulness, Lord. I pray that you would increase what we're doing here in, in this city, God. I pray that you would glorify yourself in all the earth and never pass us by is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.